Welcome to a court of fairies and fangirls. I'm Alex. And I'm Sarah. And this is a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast where we are obsessed with her books and can't stop thinking about them or talking about them. So we figured why not record us thinking and talking about it. We're going to break down chapters, go through each book separately, go into character analysis and any thoughts or kind of theories that we have about books, characters, plots, etc. And maybe play some fun games along the way. Exactly. So welcome and enjoy. Hey, Sarah. Hi, Alex. How are you? I am doing very good. Um, I had a business trip to San Diego. Yeah, that was my first time there, actually. So, oh, really? Yeah, it was. That's where I was born. Um, it was very lovely. Everybody there, I, I mean, the weather was incredible. And all of my, like, Uber and taxi drivers, I was like, they're like, how do you like it? I was like, oh, it's amazing out here. The weather's great, especially coming from Atlanta. Yeah. Like, well, we pay for it. I was like, they do. Okay, well, you choose to live out here, so <laughs> that sucks for you. Okay, but a girlfriend of mine, her and her fiance at the time, uh-huh. were living in, I'm not exaggerating, in under 500 square foot technically house but like shack at Mm -hmm. that point and their rent was like over like three thousand dollars a month oh i'd believe it it was insane and it wasn't even like this like super fancy location yeah my cousin lives in or lived in san mateo which Mm -hmm. is like san fran area and they were in a 2-2 renting and it was about six thousand a month that's just crazy i i why do you even work like at that point it's just <laughs> you, well like it just i don't know I don't, anyway blown away any side side tangent there yep <laughs> um but no so i got to read a lot while i was out there but the funny story so i shared this with everybody on like instagram if you listen to my stories every once in a while um but i was having lunch with male coworkers that i had never met before yeah out there and you know, small talk. And they're like, Oh, like, what do you like to do? And I was like, Oh, I like to read. And I kind of just leave it at that because with men, I always, it's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I don't know these people. He's like, Oh, what do you like to read? I was like, fiction. Mm-hmm. Because I'm not saying that I read romance and fantasy because that's uncomfortable. He's like, Oh, well, my wife's really into the series, like a court of thorns and roses. And I was like, Oh, actually, well, since you know what it is, I love that series. Like that's the kind of stuff I like to read. He's yeah. like, yeah, it's basically like fairy porn i was like i feel so uncomfortable now yeah you don't acknowledge that you don't need to tell me that i read fairy like porn because i know i read fairy porn and i enjoy it but it's like (laughs) my secret to keep and now you've just like aired it out to all the men in the world oh that's so uncomfortable oh but i was like wow it's weird talking about romance books with a guy oh yeah because he he was like well i listened to it on audiobook because my wife like plays it in the car and i was like what woman plays these books for their husbands like maybe i'm just like i get so blushy and like nervous thinking about my husband <laughs> reading these like he's asked me he's like can i read the chili spice scenes and oh I my was lord like, i was like uh no <laughs> i feel too uncomfortable with this i don't want you knowing what i read not like it's the worst thing ever but yeah i just feel uncomfortable and so when a male coworker knows that now about me yeah I don't know how I feel. Yeah. On a on a funny note, two things you just reminded me of. One, um, I was arguing with my husband the other day mm-hmm. about the content he consumes. Yes. And because it just felt very negative. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my love, 
let's bring some positivity into yeah. our hearts and minds. And mm-hmm. he's like, I know what you read. Don't <laughs> talk to me about the trash I'm putting in to my like mind. And I was like, you know what? No. <laughs> Incorrect. Goodbye. Calm down. Um, oh my gosh. And what was the other thing? Oh, you mentioned audiobooks. Yeah. Um, my mom works in like accounting mm-hmm. type. She does that kind of work. Uh, I don't know any specifics because that's a foreign language to me. Yeah. But um, she listens to her headphones pretty much all day while she works. Okay. And she's recently started picking up audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you remember this book, but we read it last year. Mm-hmm. We loved it. Mm-hmm. And I recommended it to my mom. Yeah. And she decided to listen to it while at work. Okay. Now, this is a different situation as to why she shouldn't have been listening to it at work. But it was in five years. Oh, no. Yeah. So she just starts sobbing. As one does. Uncontrollably. <laughs> I just was like, she was like, why didn't she warn me? I was like, mom, I told you this book was like heartbreaking. <laughs> like, Why would you listen to it at work? Oh, my God. Why would you have done that? Anyway, so just... In speaking about audiobooks, I just, I was, I died over that. I thought it was so that's, funny. So, that was not the book like I was anticipating, no. saying, but that's, that's, yeah. A, that different, a different version of, of that. Emotional, yeah. <laughs> I, but she, oh. she, she flashed up the next book she was going to read. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you ever ended up reading it, but it was The Midnight Library, another oh, book. I read that. Yeah. Which I also loved it. Yes. That one was another five star, but it was also a deeply emotional one. And I was mm-hmm. like, mother, do not listen to that one at work. No. I'm trying to help you. Okay. <laughs> this is me trying to stop you from making the same mistake. Yes. Anyway. Too funny. Um, well, we actually have an announcement this week. We do. There is something exciting happening mm-hmm. this upcoming Saturday. Mm-hmm for small business Saturday. I think a slight announcement is kind of an understatement for the amount of work and the <laughs> epicness of what we're about to announce. Yeah. Also, I feel like we should have just jumped out of the gate with this versus like our little chit chatter. I here. know. I'm so sorry. It's we fine. we buried the lead. I know. Truly. Um, you guys, we started a magazine. Like actually like created, edited, like wrote yeah imagery all of it all of it thing. a magazine curated a magazine a magazine for you it's it's epic it is I'm so proud of us oh my gosh this is like the next evolution it is for the romantic lover it is articles it is features it is how to throw the cc3 drop party of your dreams it's quizzes it's like Take a vacation to a bookish city yeah it's it's everything romance and fantasy and romanticy yes in in one incredible exciting magazine that we hope you look at as like a collectible yeah um and we're planning on doing this on a quarterly basis there's going to be a whole bunch of like subscription information and all of that so make sure you go to our instagram so you can stay up to date mm-hmm. with everything you might have been seeing some like teasers for it over mm-hmm. the last few weeks but if you haven't seen those this upcoming saturday for small business saturday it launches 
and it's going to be amazing. Now, Sarah, mm-hmm. what are we calling this magazine? It's called Romantazine. Guys, it's the ultimate pun. Yes. A play on romanticy. It is the Romantazine. Romantazine. We hope you love it. Yes. DM us how much you love it once you get it. Yes. And like, tell us how excited you're because we're like, we're beaming thinking about it. We've been working on this for a year. Probably. Almost a year. So it's a lot. This is this is our little like baby that's gonna take us, you know, out of the corporate world and launch us into help us make this happen. Yes, the next generation of work life for us. Yeah. Yeah, but so. we're we are so happy about it. Um yeah, it's just a lot of effort and we hope you guys love it as much as we do. Yeah. This was truly a labor of love. Mm-hmm. We're so excited. Yes. So go check that out on Instagram. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be amazing yeah yay okay well sarah mm-hmm. before we dive into our author interview yes have you read anything good recently i have actually um i read it's called peaches and honey the immortal truths okay um it's by r retta i think that's how you say her name i don't know but it was like a historical fantasy which i haven't read before i don't really know if it's an actual genre but that's the genre i named it okay um (laughs) (laughs) um so like i've done historical fictions before and this one it's like about a young girl that becomes immortal and basically like you see her living through all these wars like the the plagues influenza so it like hits on like it'll be like 50 years later and she's like in this country doing this and then it's like so it's kind of like the invisible life of Addie LaRue never read it oh it's kind of like the invisible life of Addie LaRue maybe Um, (laughs) that's what it sounds like yeah but it's so it's like about her journey of like becoming and embracing being an immortal and then her like love story with the person that made her immortal. Okay, and, like, it's very much like the invisible oh, life it? of Addie LaRue. Yep. Well, <laughs> I created a new category of historical I like fantasy. it. But yeah, so I really enjoyed it. I think I forced started. Um, but it was, I just, I really enjoyed how it was written. So yeah, yeah I would recommend it. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. What about you? Um, I, I read a book club book. Okay. And I, I think I, hold on, wait, let me double check my actual rating. So this was a book club book. Mm-hmm. It was called Hello Beautiful by Anne Napolitano. Okay. And it was beautifully written. Okay. The prose was incredible. Mm-hmm. Um, and like there were lots of parts of the story that I really enjoyed. Mm-hmm. But it was a it was like a little woman retelling. Okay. Um, kind of vibe. And mm-hmm. so there's these like four sisters and there's like a boy that two sisters are caught between kind of and yeah. the things around it. But the way it panned out, I just hated, hated several of these characters. Ooh. Like one of them, I'm not trying to spoil it, but she does some bad things. <laughs> and at one point she gets cancer and I'm like, that's karma, bitch. <laughs> like I, I was just like so angry. And like, that wasn't the point of the story. It was like sad. Yeah. It was sad that she had cancer in theory, but I was like, no, <laughs> no. Like that's what you get. No. Oh, and so it just, there was a lot of like, spite and yeah. like hate mm-hmm. for several of these characters but i can't deny how beautifully that book was written <laughs> so i ended up giving it four stars but it was reluctant yeah is what i'll say but i the other people in my book club really enjoyed it so 
That might have just been a me thing. (laughs) Might have just been a me thing. Who All right. is our author this week? This week, we are talking with Kate Dramas, author of The Curse of Saints. Mm-hmm. Um, we went to her book release party earlier this summer. Which was my first ever book release party. It was so much fun. So much fun. Um, and she's lovely. She mm-hmm. also she lives in the same area yeah. as Sarah and I. So we were like, hey. Can we be friends? Can we be friends? <laughs> um, anyway, we, we interviewed her. Um, and that is who we are talking to today. So it's yes. going to be so much fun. Mm-hmm. Okay. And... By the way, mm-hmm. I know we haven't chatted about this because we've been so focused on these authors these past few weeks. Yes. But we want to make sure y'all know we have many episodes still going on mm-hmm. right now. So it's fun, SJM, content, games, yep. diving in deep with people and theories and all that good stuff. Yes. So we're still releasing those on Thursdays. So this week we are doing... Fight songs for Akatar. Yes. So we did them for this Crescent City characters last season, and people were like, oh, we need these for Akatar. We're like, oh, what better time than during our exactly. like, seasonella of authors to throw in Akatar characters again? Yep. So put on your headphones. Yes. Not that we can actually play music on the podcast, but yeah. in theory, yeah. yes. Help make a playlist and then enjoy yeah. these awesome fight songs. All right. Well, enjoy this interview with Kate. Welcome back, everybody. Welcome back. This is another exciting episode where we are talking to an incredible author. The incredible Kate Dramus is here talking with us today. She wrote The Curse of Saints and has more books coming out. Kate, we are so excited to have you here today. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, we're so excited. Well, let's this off, Kate. We just want to start off getting getting to know you. And if you're into like fun personality things, like we'd love to hear like your Hogwarts house or whatever other cool things where we can get to know you a little bit better. Yes. So I am a Gryffindor through and through. I'm a Gryffindor surrounded by Slytherin. So like everyone in my life is a Slytherin and I am a Gryffindor. Um, I feel very much like Hermione, like, you know, maybe could have been a Slytherin if we're going like into fandom stuff. Um, but still tried and true Gryffindor. So that is me. Um, I'm also an Enneagram three, which is like the only personality test I really like, follow, um, which is very in like in line with like my workaholic nature. So it really checks out and it makes sense. That's awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about you. I, I, you have some dogs, right? I do. I have three dogs and I'm really hoping they don't interrupt this interview. So I have three dogs. Um, all of them are rescued. I have a cat who is also a rescue. She was the first pet I got. I walked into a rescue shelter in college and was like, hi, I want a dog, but I'm in school. So it doesn't really make sense. Can you give me a cat that acts like a dog? And they're like, actually, yeah, here we have one. Um, so Miss Clara is the, uh, the head of the house here. Uh, But yeah, so full house, full house. And uh, I have been writing for what feels like forever my entire life. I started when I was 11, just writing random fiction short stories that are awful. My mom kept some of them and I'm like, please, please burn them, please. Uh, And then became a copywriter outside of school and followed that path for a while until The Curse of Saints got picked up. And now I'm a full-time author. So exciting. So what inspired you to be an author and to write this book? Yeah, I feel like I've always wanted to be an author. Um, When I was younger, it was less of like a conscious career choice and more just I want to publish a book. Like I want to write a book. I loved to write. It's how I best communicate. 
Um, I was really into reading and playing pretend as a kid. I have grown up with really bad anxiety. And so trying to get out of my head was always very difficult. So then I just decided to make my head a better place to live. Escapism at its finest. Um, and so it was, you know, not until I was adult that one, I was like officially diagnosed and was like, oh, this is what's been going on my entire life. And two, started to understand that being lost in my head and being able to think of these grand things um, was kind of a superpower at times. And so I could come up with these really great stories and, um, you know, really fun things that were really just for me, like it was a fun way for me to just pass time and get lost. And I had a dream about a girl calling down lightning to save a friend. And I was actually working on like a rom-com at the time that was half written. And I went to the mountains with some friends. It was the end of 2020. So it was like the first time I was seeing people, in, you know, forever. Uh, so we locked ourselves away in a cabin in the mountains. And I had told them, we went for like a writer's retreat. And I told them, do not let me work on this fantasy dream thing I had because I had this half-written rom-com. But it was October. It was Halloween week. And so it was like spooky season. It was cold, not rom-com weather for like the rom-com I was writing took place in the summer. And so I sat down and I wrote out the scene and then I just kept writing and the rest was history. <laughs> did you finish the book in that retreat? I did not. So I, I mapped out the book in that retreat um, and I mapped out all of book one, plotted it completely. And then wow. like a loose outline of book two and three. And incidentally enough, I had actually met my agent in like a different lifetime. I was coaching at the time I was doing copywriting and coaching and she was in a program that I was in and she was coaching authors uh, on how to self-publish and she worked per specifically at that time with nonfiction writers and so I messaged her and I was like hi you have extensive fiction publishing experience um I like you can I talk to you about this idea just from like oh just coach me like I, I wasn't even looking for an agent um, but that's actually how I met my agent. So I remember messaging her from the mountains and being like, I have this thing. We just hit it off and we were talking. And then, you know, six months later, I'd end up signing with her. Wow. Amazing. Yeah, that's it was wild. It was wild. It's also so funny whenever I, I feel like most recently I keep hearing of these like big creative moments in 2020. And I just love <laughs> that in that like chaotic year where no one knew what the hell was going on. So much coolness came out of it. Yes. And I, I think about like, I fell down such a fantasy rabbit hole during that time. Like I didn't grow up reading fantasy. I mean, I read the Harry Potter series, but outside of that, like I wasn't really into fantasy. And then when I was, you know, at work, I was, I went through that phase of like, oh, well, I can't read fiction because it's not serious. And now I just want to like, look back at myself that it's vomit. Like, I'm like, oh my God, stop. Um, and so, yeah, I remember coming home and I had actually come back from like a work trip right when lockdown started and there was nothing to do like my business ground to a halt there was nothing to do and I picked up um I think a court of thorns and roses I picked it up in the airport and I read it and then I just kept reading more fantasy and I was like well now I'm here <laughs> this, is, this is where I live now yeah I think that happened to all of us like Alex was like read this book it's amazing and I was like okay I haven't read since high school basically and I'm literally doing a podcast now about fantasy books. So yeah. and that was 2020. Yeah. <laughs> it's so awesome. I love it. I feel like so many people fell back in love with reading. And I think TikTok helps that and like the growth of book talk and all of that. It was just beautiful. Yep, absolutely. Um, okay, so now speaking of books, we're gonna talk about your book, which 
A Curse of Danes, like, I loved it. I fell in love with Aya and Will. I think Will especially. He really, he was perfect for me. Um, <laughs> so, I don't know, like, I'm always curious, like, when you're writing, like, are you picturing your dream man when you're writing a book, like, where a heroine falls in love with a guy? Like, is he your dream man? Um, no. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, I think part of me, like, I have the curse of knowledge. I mean, listen, are you at, like, would I date Will? Probably, <laughs> you know, but I don't know. Like, I don't go into it trying to create a character that would be, like, my dream partner um, and, like, across the board. I think that what's more important to me is, like, making sure that the characters are good matches for each other in different ways, like, that those relationships can all play off of one another. Um, but, I mean, he does make my heart melt. Like, there are definitely moments that I'm just like, oh, he's just so... So precious. He's so precious. My friend always tells him he's tells me that he's like a, a hidden golden retriever. She's like, you know, he just seems really fierce. And then really you just find out he's this golden retriever. And I'm like, okay, well, you've only read book one. So <laughs> um, but no, so can you like tell us about this world and its magic systems and kind of like your thought behind it and how you kind of intertwined like all of it? Yeah, so I, um, it was interesting because I kind of came up with the world and the plot at the same time. So they kind of all bled together. Um, and then I paused while I was writing into a deep dive into actually like the world building and the magic system and all of that. But when I first started thinking about the concept, I knew that Aya had the power of persuasion. And I knew that Will had the ability to feel and manipulate sensation and emotion. And then I knew Tova had flame and I was like okay where do I go with this and I was really um inspired by the Grisha verse I love how Lee Bardugo organized her power structure and her system I love the idea of orders um I like this idea of similar to like the Hogwarts house right that you can identify where you would fit in based off of similar traits and characteristics etc and so as the series progresses that becomes a lot more prominent among the Vizia who are these mortals with kernels of godlike power but I also wanted to make sure that in that world magic doesn't solve anything so it's a pretty limited magic system um I wanted there to be this kind of interesting balance of power where Vizia aren't allowed to rule um depending on how devout you are to the gods you have different beliefs on what positions Vizia should hold in general so it creates some political uh conflict, I guess you could say, because I think in a, a lot of stories that I read, you know, people with power, they're always the rulers and like they can just do whatever they want. And I liked this idea of kind of flipping that on its head. Yeah, no, I really like, like the fact that you say that magic can't solve problems. I love because I feel like you read so many books where you're just like, oh, let me just magic that away. And I like successfully like defeated Voldemort, whatever. Like, yes. I like where you're having to use non-magical skills and it makes it more relatable for people, I feel like, to become that character. Yes, yes, absolutely. So what, I mean, in writing this, what do you think your favorite moment was? Like what, what made you like the happiest to write about and why... Um, so I think my absolute favorite, I loved writing the Athatis attack. It was just, I, there was something about it. Like that scene just moved me a lot. I really liked writing the bonus scene that comes with that in the U.S. edition, um, mm -hmm. from Will's perspective. It was actually something that was never supposed to make it in the book because it would have just been spoilery, like from the beginning <laughs> on a lot. We learn a lot uh, through his perspective in that moment, but I actually wrote it on that trip in the mountains when I had writer's block. And that was before like the world was even fully fleshed out. Like I knew the wolves, 
I knew something was happening, but I didn't fully understand like how all of these pieces came together. And um, I was just stuck. And like, I was stuck in the brainstorming. I had sent my outline to my best friend and she unearthed a massive plot hole, plot hole at like 12 o'clock at night. And I was like, oh, well, <laughs> there go three days. Like I just, you know, built out this whole thing. And it doesn't work. And so the next day I woke up slightly hungover because I obviously like had to, you know, drink some whiskey to deal with that revelation. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna like find this prompt and write about it. And I ended up writing that, that what ended up becoming the bonus season US edition, um, which is the Athatist attack from Will's point of view or just after that attack. And that is probably one of my favorite things I've ever written. Uh, I just think it shows so much and it really helped me understand him as a character. Yeah, absolutely. And I guess maybe minor spoily question, but like, are you going to do dual POV in the second book or do we get more? Yes. Yeah. So it'll actually, it'll be triple. So you'll get, well, actually it'll be quadruple. So you will get uh, Will's point of view. Yeah. All the POVs. I had to like really rein it in. I was like, okay, too many. Um, You get Will's point of view. You get Aya's point of view. You'll get Aiden and you'll also get Josie's. Wow. Because I think, honestly, like, I do think that bonus scene was one of my favorite parts, like, truly understanding, like, what he was going through, especially with him being able to, like, sense emotion. I can't even imagine. Like, my emotions are enough for me to deal with. (laughs) Same. Other people's emotions, like, me having to feel their emotions on top of that. So that is just, like, it's a lot for him. Yes. Yes. Um, (laughs) It is overwhelming Um, for him, for sure. (laughs) I'm sure. Um, and I know I already asked you if like Will was like your dream man, but he wasn't, which is, it's okay. Um, <laughs> but what about Aya? Like, do you incorporate parts of yourself into Aya when you were writing her or kind of into any characters really? Like, were you drawing from yourself? Um, so there are not many parts of me in it. I would say that the thing that I and I have in common is one, our anxiety. So I also struggles with anxiety and that's obviously like a personal experience that I've built on. And we see a lot more of that in book two, just with everything she goes through in book one. Um, and then on top of that, Aya has this deep, deep drive to be good, um, good enough. And I think that is something that I have struggled with my entire life. But what's interesting is Aya comes about it in just a completely opposite way. Like Aya is very in touch with her anger. I am not like I, that I'm just not like an angry person. It takes a lot to get me mad. Um, I'm very like bubbly and expressive. Aya is none of those things. I'm pretty sure that if we ever met, she would kill me. (laughs) Like I just, it'd be fine. Um, but yeah, so we're, we're very different with actually, which was actually, um, really hard to write in the beginning because there were times that I just couldn't understand why she was coming across the way she was. And I knew, and it always sounds a little weird. I was like wonky when writers talk about this, but it really is true. Like, I feel like you can't move through a scene if you're trying to get a character to do something that they're not inclined to do and they kind of take over. And so there was a moment, actually the book was entirely written. The first half of it was in, in first person before I was like, I can't, write this book just from Aya's perspective and first person is way too close to her head. I'm getting stuck in it and I can't get myself out of it. Um, which is when I actually ended up introducing Will's point of view and Aiden's point of view, which just moved the needle so much, but yeah, so not very much of me and Aya. Um, we are very different, but it makes me love her all the more because it took me longer to get to know her. Um, and really, and I continue to like every time I write a new scene, she just surprises me. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Um, 
So with her relationship with Will, I know obviously it's complicated. Um, did you, I know you said you kind of plotted all of book one at that initial retreat. Did you know Will was going to be endgame at that point? I mean, obviously we don't know what happens in book two and three. <laughs> right now for book one, was Will always endgame for book one? Yes, Will is always endgame for book one. Um, I was actually really reluctant. When Aiden came into the story, who was actually never intended to be a love triangle, and then he wooed Aya and me, and I was like, well, now this sucks. Like, what am I supposed to do with this? And I do remember texting friends and being like, I don't like, obviously, he's a great choice. Like, he's a really good catch. Um, so it was an interesting journey working through that kind of that love triangle. I really don't like love triangles. So I had to kind of think about why I don't like love triangles. One of the things I don't like about love triangles is often you have this secondary love interest where that's like their main, that's all they're there for. It's just to be a secondary love interest. They don't have any sense of agency. And so I knew in writing Aiden, okay, if, if this is going to go that way and he's going to actually be a contender for Aya, then I want him to have agency and make his own choices about the relationship and also have a very strong role in which he does throughout the story of where things are unfolding. Um, so I always knew where it was going to end up, but there was a very long period of time where I was like, well, Aiden has now messed things up. <laughs> and, like he's hard to argue against, you know? Um, so that was, that was a journey. <laughs> That's awesome. I think it's, I can't like it's so interesting that like you don't like love triangles, but you're writing love triangles like I can't. It's so cool that characters literally take on a world of their own. And it's just like you don't necessarily like infuse everything that you like into a book, which to me, I just like I think about if I was writing a book, I'd be like, well, obviously enemies to lovers, one bed trope because these are my favorites. So obviously I would have yeah. to put them in. I would never put in something I didn't like. But I think it's so cool that you can and you do. And it's also like the characters inspiring you. So like I love that. <laughs> thanks thanks yeah it was definitely I went back and forth with it for a long time um I really really liked I, it must have been a scene I think I wrote a scene where Aiden was like just giving Will shit you know and I, and I love the fact that Aiden's really the only one who can get under Will's skin and like mm -hmm. poke at him and he just doesn't care and so when that started to come through I was like well we have to carry this through like this is amazing <laughs> yes totally I totally get that so obviously this book takes place in multiple locations. Um, so which, like, which of the cities would you want to live in? Like, we always love that, like, relating <laughs> these books to real life. Like, what's more you, you know? Oh, yes. Uh, I think Rania is much more me. So the capital city of Trahir. Um, oh, I would be... Can we get can we get a pronunciation breakdown of the cities while you're <laughs> while you're going through yes. this? Yeah, I never know. <laughs> yeah, so it is the kingdom of Trahir, which is where Aiden lives, um, Aiden and Josie, and the capital city is Rania, and Aya and Will are from Tala, uh, and their capital city is Dunedin. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. You got that? Yes. It's officially yes. out in the universe, everybody. It, like, there, it is. It. <laughs> there it is. Um, yeah, I think I would I would definitely live in Rania. Like I, I liked it a lot. Um it was E the easier of the two to write for me. I mean, they were both pretty, I could see them very clearly, but getting into that was really fun. Um, mm -hmm. I, I, there's a scene where I and Will are walking through town and I is kind of grumbling about the fact that like people rush out to the beach every day to like do these <laughs> sunset bonfires and like just the joy just annoys her. And I was like, I would be on the beach. Like I would be the sunset bonfire person who's like, you know, celebrating the end of the work day and like raising a glass of, I don't know, sparkling something. Uh, yeah. So I liked how that all came to be. And I think I would have a lot of fun there. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. I, that's more, that's more my jam. 
Yeah. I'm a cold winter girly, so I <laughs> I wasn't a dumb meat-in person. <laughs> That's where you would be. That's where you would be. It's oh, I feel like my answer also changes with the seasons, though, Alex. So, like, when it comes winter time, like, I don't want to write about Rania. Like, I want to be in the mountains. I want it to be snowing. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Okay, you have a changing opinion. I just have a disdain for summer. <laughs> and so I'm like, if I can be anywhere, let it be cold. Let it be cold. <laughs> no, thank you. Um, Okay, so that's where you want to live. What about powers? Because obviously, like, the different characters have different powers, and you kind of talked about, you know, the structure of it a little bit. Um, what what would you want if you could have a power? I feel like, I, so I need to start writing down my answer for this, because I'm pretty sure I've answered this question differently every time I've been asked it. Because I, I was like, I want I want them all. Um, right. I, I think because I relate to Sensei no so much, like, I would be a Sensei no. I don't know that I'd want to be, because to your point there, like, being overwhelmed by someone else's emotion, like I got enough, like I have enough mm -hmm. of my own emotions. Um, and like, I, but I can feel energy when I step into a room. So I'm like very good at reading energy and emotions. So it would be nice to learn how to like, not do that. And I feel like Will, like with his whole shield thing, I'm like, oh, that sounds great. Like being able to kind of, you know, or like walk into an awkward situation and diffuse it. That sounds nice to me. Like my social anxiety really likes that. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, what about you? Did you, if you had a power, do you know what you oh, would take? Oh, gosh. Mm. I just, there's a part of me that wants to, okay, tying it back to the cold, ironically, like, I think fire would be <laughs> element to that. Plus, I just think the concept of, like, burning it all down. That's, <laughs> like, that's like, that's my, my, like, shadow self is, like, set it all on fire. Set it all on fire. <laughs> was a... Maybe a little little side of me that no one expected there. But, what about you? What, what would you do? I think lightning, honestly. Like I think I thought that was like the coolest power. Like I know it's not like like fire is so tangible almost because like you see it all the time. But lightning's just this like it almost feels like mystical to me, and I really like love the the expansiveness of it. I don't know the mm. like divinity of it. Like it's just like this this thing that you have no control over. Whereas like fire, like I could light a fire and put it out. Like lightning is just unconquerable don't belittle my fire okay. I'm not belittling <laughs> fire. Your amazing. Amazing. you're in your hunt era that's why i you know yeah <laughs> i'm very much in the hunt era very much so right now mm -hmm. um, um well kate we're so grateful you created such a fun and an interesting world for all of us to be diving into Let's switch a little bit over to the the writing and publishing of it. What advice would you give somebody who's looking to write and publish a book themselves? Oh, it's such a good question. Um, I would tell them to just let their first draft be really, really bad. I think that we get hung up a lot, and I do this too, and I actively try not to, on like writing something that's good. And because of that, we never actually get it done. And I, I read somewhere and I, I can't remember who said it, which really bothers me because I'd love to attribute the quote, but it was a saying that was like, the first draft is you telling yourself the story, which I love because it's very mm -hmm. true. Like I, I'm the type of writer who thinks I know where I'm going until I actually write something down. And then usually I'm like, oh, I, well, I, I can't go there because now it's unfolding and the characters are taking over and, you know, got to pivot. And so I think that by just letting your first draft 
be bad. Like my first draft of Saints was horrible. Like it was really bad. It was, and I paid someone to tell me that. Like I paid someone to do a developmental edit report, which basically was like, this sucks. Here's everything to fix. Um, and I would not be here if I hadn't like just done something, like gotten it down on paper. And so I think that by letting yourself suck, it can, it just, it's only going to get better from there. I love that. Um, that's really inspiring. It's really exciting to kind of like release ourselves from that perfectionism. I think it's such a interesting part of our culture nowadays where everyone feels like they have to do it right the first time. And it's like, the reality. So that's really freeing. Yeah. Um, So Kate, quick pivot, right? Writing is really hard. So we, in the same way you're inspiring us right now. Um, we want to know who who inspires you. Who are some authors that you really admire? Oh, such a good question. Um, I love Lee Bardugo. I will read anything Lee Bardugo puts out. I'm like a huge Six of Crows is my is one of my favorites. It's up there on my list of favorite books. Um, absolutely love it. Just the found family in it is just Chef's kiss. Adore it. Uh, I actually read it before Shadow and Bone, which was confusing because I just kind of fell into the world and I was like, okay, but loved it. Did not change like my perspective on it at all. And I was like, this is great. Um, so I love anything Lee Bardugo puts out. Um, Claire Legrand is also another author I love and respect and also have gotten the chance to meet this past year. And she's just wonderful and kind and fantastic. Uh, and her writing is incredible. Like I just consume everything she puts out as well. Um, who else am I really like, who else really inspires me? Ayana Gray really inspires me as well in her writing. Um, Lisa Prey. And I also really, when I was first getting onto like social media and such as an author, I was following her. I'm still following her, but, uh, just like watching how she does social media was so helpful for me. I don't know. It sounds like such a small thing, but, um, she's always posting really great advice for writers. Uh, she was actually someone who posted about not reading anything about like her books or herself while she's drafting. And I took that into writing on book two. Like I stayed off social media as much as I could outside of my little bubble on Instagram. Um, I stopped scrolling. I stopped exploring. I blocked my hashtag so I can't see it uh, just because I'm in a fragile place. And so I, I loved that she talked about that and I felt like it gave me permission to be like, Oh, I don't have to be on here, like doing this all the time. So it's another author I really look up to. That that's really admirable that you're able to set those boundaries like that on a side note. I, I'm working on it. I have a friend who calls me out whenever I like, I mean, you know, sometimes I slip up. Um, and so I'll like call him venting about, you know, something I saw that hurt my feelings. Mm-hmm. And he's always like, I thought we agreed that you weren't going to look at these things. And I'm like, okay, well now that you make me feel bad, like, yes, I know. Now my feelings are doubly hurt. Yes. Again. Yes, but I need this golding. I need this golding. I've gotten a lot better at it. Uh, it took me a long time, but you know, because also like it, it, it does mean missing the good things. So, like unless I'm tagged in something, I don't yeah. see it. Um, but that's just that's fine. You know, that's that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's when you need a social media person to filter for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's the dream. That is the dream. Yeah, one day, one, one day. day, I'll get there. <laughs> Well, um, I know you mentioned before we officially hopped on here that you're in the middle of what, oh gosh, what did you say? Um, was it revisions? Yeah, edit. edit, I'm on deadline for edits for book two. So what's in store for book two? Can you give us any hints? 
Um, I can a, a little bit. So it's beefy. I can tell you that. And my editor is probably going, well, she'll already know by the time this comes out, but it's, I, I somehow, I do this every time during edits. Like I cut out a lot and then I end up with a higher word count. have no idea how it happened, but <laughs> I ended up adding on another 2000 words. So I'm, and I'm not even done yet. So here we are. Um, but it is, I would say I, I feel like this book was my dragon. It was very difficult, um, to write. And it was very fulfilling once it was done. It's a lot darker than Saints. Um, it is, you know, how people like talk about Empire, like it's the Empire of the series for Star Wars. Like that is very much what this feels like for me. Like it's it's dark, it's gritty, um, it's it's where everything has to fall apart so everything can come together. Um, so I can, I that's what I can share. <laughs> That's what I can share. I don't want to spoil anything, but that's where no, we're headed. But we have a title, right? The Curse of yes, Sins. Yeah, it's The Curse of Sins. Yes, The Curse of Sins. Amazing. That's awesome. And then this is um, three books, right? Yes, it's book two of three. Mm -hmm. Exciting stuff yes. ahead. Yes. Um, it's looking like, I think, June 25th, 24th or 25th of 2024. Four. what are we in 2023 so next summer so it'll be not out next yeah. summer yes which is you're so deep in edits right now you're like what year is it I know I'm like what year is it where am I I have spent all day thinking it was Wednesday like I just I don't know and I'm also I'm jet lagged so I just came back from uh Seattle I went out there with my bestie because we're big fans of our favorite book is red white and royal blue so like you know we had to do the whole um watch the movie thing but yeah so I'm also like a little on pacific time so I'm like what year is it where am I do I live here what's happening but yes it'll be out next summer uh which is very exciting that's, that's so cool well Kate congratulations on your incredible book release we're so excited for book two and we're so grateful that you talked with us today thank you thank you, thank you so much for having me Yes. Oh, and quick uh, plug, where can people find you on social or like anything like that? What are your handles and all that? Yes, I am every, I've made it easy. I'm everywhere on social media at Kate Dramus. So it's just my first name and last name. You can find me anywhere. <laughs> yeah, super easy. Um, I, I, I have a Twitter. Do we still call it Twitter? I don't know, but I'm not very active over there. So come say hi on Instagram. That's like my main place where I hang out and respond to people. So that's, that's the best place to get in touch with me. Um, all right. So if you haven't checked it out yet, Curse of Saints, epic book, follow Kate, all the good things. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks. We'll talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to A Court of Fairies and Fangirls, a Sarah J. Mass fan podcast. Please rate, review, and subscribe and let us know what you think. Check out our Patreon for more ways to support and connect with us for as low as $1 a month. You can also find us on Instagram at, at @fairiesandfangirls. Jump in on the conversation and we look forward to chatting with you more next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.